Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. It is uh, Georgia, Florida week here on the Crossover Podcast. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show. And Hello. when you uh, mix that up, you get the Crossover Podcast. Uh, glad you're checking us out. However it is that you subscribe and uh, get podcasts. Uh, easy way to do it. Download the 960 The Ref app. Find it in the App Store. If you are on an iPhone, get it in Google Play on the Android. You can stream all the Ref's programming. Uh, Listen to all of our on-demand content and also listen to live Georgia athletics within a 75-mile geofence of Athens as we uh, get ready to talk a lot of Georgia-Florida. Not going to be quite the the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, but there'll probably be some cocktails that are still had. But like all other sporting events this year, limited capacity. Yeah, the, uh, as someone said, I can't remember who said it, I'm stealing it from someone and I apologize. The world's largest socially distanced outdoor cocktail party. Yeah. That's what it is. Now, there have been a couple times in recent years when uh, Georgia's been able to thin the stadium out by blowing Florida away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, look, I know we've been in that other position before too, but it's nice when the shoe is on the other foot. But uh, seeing half that thing, you come back in the fourth quarter from a commercial break and they've got the blimp uh, cam and you just see half that stadium is empty and the other half is still rocking with uh with red and black so yeah no that's um it's it's crazy it, it really is and and uh you know that, that we've gotten to this yeah you, like you said Florida's usually socially distanced in the second half but uh do you think Chris Brame that the that the tide could potentially turn this year is this this is certainly it feels like anyway especially with all the Georgia injuries, that this is Florida's best chance to win this game in, in several years. For sure. I mean, Georgia's going in still with a lot of questions on offense. Uh, you know, Georgia's got a, a, a walk-on playing quarterback who's thrown five interceptions now over the last uh, two games. And the Gators have a guy playing quarterback that suddenly people are talking about, hey, he could, uh, he could project as a potential first-rounder. And, yeah, right now just – a lot of questions too with a defense that either is definitely missing guys we know Richard LeCount won't play and Julian Rochester won't play and if Lewis Seen, Jordan Davis, Monty Rice, Quay Walker if they do play it's not like they're going to be a hundred percent oh and also on the offense there's Pickens yep who has an upper body injury yep so <laughs> the yeah I mean if I was a Florida fan I would really like I would look at this game as like if we don't beat Georgia this year, like I don't know if we're going to have a better look at it in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And look, they've got a, a veteran quarterback in Kyle Trask. They've got the best tight end in the country in uh, Pitts. And uh, they've got some weapons. And that's the difference in these two teams. And uh, Jeff and I were talking about this the other day. Maybe it's one of these things where, as he called it, whose left hand is better. So in other words, if it's Georgia's defense versus Florida's offense – 
if that doesn't cancel out, what about Georgia's offense versus Florida's defense? Yeah. Now, the Gators' defense has not been great. They did have a good game last week yeah. coming off. Was it just one bye, or did, were they one of they those teams? They two times in a row. Yeah, they didn't play two weeks in they a row. from October 10th until Halloween. Yeah, so was there? So was that game against – their loss to A&M was their last game before yes, they – I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. and their yeah their defense in that game was the uh, the third the third and Grantham thirteen out of fifteen for Texas A and M, but wow. they uh, they definitely looked a lot better against Missouri last uh, Saturday night, and even got into a little brawl in there, so that'll cost them a couple defenders at least for the first half on uh, on Saturday, but. It's uh, I don't know I mean I'd still I, I think you look at Georgia's offense and I don't know if there's any defense out there that you look at and, well that defense hasn't played great it's still a Florida defense that I, you know I I think I go into any game thinking that you know Georgia's offense is going to have a tremendous amount of of success against it so you know I think Georgia's defense is still going to have to to probably carry most of the weight on Saturday yeah and uh, you know we it, it, is Florida at the level offensively that. And LSU was last year, and Alabama is this year. I don't know if they're they're at no, that level, yeah. but they're still a good offensive team. And you know, does it does it uh, fall on Georgia's offense to you know to do what they have to do in this game? And that's what's been a little bit scary. You know, how do you look at the Kentucky game? Did Georgia just do what they needed to do to get through that and and get ready for Florida, or you know, is Georgia at a crossroads at its quarterback position where they are limited? and don't have anyone else to come in yeah and you know do you want to be in that situation where and it sounds like i mean kirby is pretty much held firm here that stetson bennett is the is the team's starting quarterback but do you just do you want to suddenly get into one of those spots where like all right he's going to start and then you know you yank him out of the game all of a sudden if he's yeah. continuing to struggle like to me i'm like well that does that happens to guys that play other positions i don't know why there's a heightened sensitivity all the time with um with quarterbacks in a lot of instances but that just seems to be the way it uh it goes from from time to time i don't I mean does, does maybe georgia rip a page out of what we saw kentucky do last week which was you know all right we just ran a play and now we'll run another one like 38 seconds later hopefully georgia won't do that if it's down two scores like kentucky was doing in the second half of that yeah. game but you know maybe that could be a thought and just you know we've got confidence in our defense but we got to give them some kind of a break so this is essentially a playoff game, right? Wouldn't you say coming up Saturday? I mean, the winner of this game is uh, don't tell the Falcons, but is a ninety-eight to ninety-nine percent, you know, would say margin of winning the East. Right? Yeah, I mean, you would think because then the other t- the the winning team then would have to lose twice, twice. and the other the- team would have to run the table. Yeah, and both teams have a favorable schedule after this. Yeah. And you look at Tennessee and said, I mean, no one else in the East right now is is even a a factor in this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's the winner's gonna gonna play Alabama in the SEC championship game. Um, yeah, I think I mean Georgia's got some some still tough games left, but you know, again, for them to to not make it to Atlanta if they beat Florida on Saturday would still require Florida to to pretty much run the table and Georgia to lose like any more than yeah one of these remaining games so. yeah yeah so hey it's the Georgia Florida game both teams are ranked in the top 10 it's your uh, typical um, you know big game for the east it's just not your typical big game as far as the crowd and what it'll be like but I'll say this and I've, I've I think I've said it on this podcast you know watching the uh, Braves play baseball watching the dogs play these games watching football 
you know, I, it still feels very real, you know, whether, you know, whether it's different or not. And uh, I'm sure watching that game on Saturday, there'll be, what, 9,000 Florida fans and 9,000 Georgia fans. And, and uh, it, obviously it won't be the, the typical 75 to 80,000 that'll fill up that place, but it'll still feel very, very much real, and there's a lot on the line. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it is that the TV broadcast and the stadiums are you know putting in some artificial noise or if they're just doing a good job and somehow with camera angles that you're not necessarily seeing a lot of wide shots of the the stadium it's hard to do when you're kicking like field goals and extra points you yeah. see right behind there yeah but yeah I mean I, I mean it, it started I guess even with baseball season when when that got um when that got going but I, this point now i've kind of become conditioned and hasn't bothered me at all that these aren't these stadiums aren't packed because you're just watching the games on tv and it's fine and like even with the whole covid stuff like all right listen if just let me know who's playing and who's available and if you got enough to play and the game's not canceled that's fine but i'm just i'll take it week by week and game by game and you know go from uh there but i'm just glad we got something yeah no definitely so and uh the over under on the covids has been about two and a half or three each week and we're at three right now and we're recording this on a thursday afternoon so uh unless something else has been canceled since we started this this uh recording yeah not we i i'll check we've got wisconsin still sitting it out in the uh big 10 right so there's no uh no wisconsin purdue now this weekend uh, you know, Clemson is playing, but they didn't have Trevor Lawrence last week, so he was really the first big – I guess he was the first big, big name in in college football to uh, to contract it right. and miss a game. And supposedly he's not playing Saturday against Notre Dame, although the word is is he will be on the trip with the team. Like, all right. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. What, yeah, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, does that mean, hey, suddenly in the, the Tigers are down 14. Here comes Trevor Lawrence. He's been cleared to play. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can, you can count that out yeah. if he's going to be there. <laughs> so, yeah. also, is he, I guess he's, he's no longer contagious or whatever, but I don't know. But he's having to, he can't play because of the, the, the myocarditis tests or yeah. the heart tests or whatever. So, I, I would think there's not a chance that all of a sudden he could suit up for second half action. By the way, we are at four now. Tulsa at Navy has oh. now been postponed. So we've got, was it FIU and UTEP, Virginia, Louisville, Wisconsin, Purdue, and now Tulsa at Navy. I didn't, I didn't even know Virginia and Louisville had been yeah, knocked off. That was knocked off uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. So they've just moved it back a week. Okay. Yeah, there's still some wiggle room. The Big Ten obviously doesn't have any because they were just playing straight through with no off weeks, but... You know, the SEC, I guess, everyone still has December 12th open, except now for Florida, LSU, and Vandy, and Missouri. So I guess those four schools can't have anything else happen. Otherwise, those games wouldn't be able to get made up, but everyone else still has that that weekend before the SEC championship game to, to maybe make up a game if they have yeah. to. Yeah, so it, it's, getting, it's getting wonky. Well, yeah, because like even in the in the NFL now, it's like pretty much every day. Like the team is closing its facility. Uh, I know we're recording this on a Thursday. There's a Thursday night game, and like the 49ers, they had a bunch of guys that supposedly had negative tests, but they've been in the. And I know Matt Stafford also is now in the whatever they're calling it, the COVID nineteen list COVID pro- protocol. Their list, although his wife says 
he's negative. Yeah. But yeah. so the the 49ers have these guys that apparently were negative, but like they're not allowed to play tonight. They can't just come back and play. Did you see that stat about uh, – so the Niners and the Packers were in the NFC Championship game in January, right? Yeah. So 10 months ago or whatever. Yeah. No one who touched the football for the Niners uh, – other I'm not talking about the center, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, any I get quarterback, it. Yeah. yeah. We'll be we'll be in the game tonight for the Niners. So, so yeah, well, Raheem Mostert, the Packers are out. happy about. Yes, yes, because he ran for over two hundred yards yeah. against them. So Garoppolo's out, Mostert's out, uh, Kittle is out. Um, whoever else is it? Debo Samuel Debo, is, is out. Is he out too? Yeah. Anyone who touched the ball in that game. Well, and they had that. They drafted that rookie, that Brandon Ayuk, and he yeah. he's out. He he's wasn't in the NFC too. title game, yeah. but he's out tonight too because he's one yeah. of those guys that I guess had the the false right. positive. That's right. So. He's, oh, Matt Breda, who's now with your Dolphins, he was in that game for the Niners. Uh, yeah. So he obviously isn't playing he's with the Dolphins it. now. Yeah. So it's just it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. And it was also very painful as someone who's a Jared Goff fantasy football owner to watch him against the Dolphins on Sunday. Yeah, I was they did tough. a number on him. He still put up a bunch of points at the end, but that was just painful. As long as you you don't do you get docked for picks and stuff? No, luckily, yeah. not in our league. Yeah. Yeah. Turnovers and picks don't count against Honestly, you. like when a quarterback does like throw a couple of pick sixes or something, it's probably good from a fantasy perspective cuz then you know like, all right, well now he's just going to have to keep throwing anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you load up on that. So that was kind of what he did, but the Dolphins, yeah, they really they really put it to him. They're in the hunt. They are. <laughs> Let's see, what are they? They are four and three. Four and three. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a game and a half behind Buffalo. The Bills. Yeah. Yes. Who uh it's finally a, did it. They beat the Patriots. It's a two horse race in the NFC East. Are you or the calling AFC it East? Off? Are, are the Patriots done? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean they might actually enter like we're about to actively tank to get a high draft I, pick. You now. know, I don't know why, but I could completely see them get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. If they if they they play the Jets Sunday, if they lose to the Jets, like something's on. There's something up. is definitely up. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's totally up. Right. Well, it wouldn't surprise me at all. That's for sure. But yeah, it's been it's been weird. And I guess we're kind of we're at the halfway point of the NFL season. We're I guess we're heading into the final month. I guess with well with these championship games backed up to the middle of December. I guess we still got like a month and a half, a month and a half to go. Yeah. So uh, you know, games getting called left and right. It's just weird. But there are still a solid you know for Georgia five more weeks to go. Yeah. All the way up to uh, to December fifth, and then the Gators actually have six more games now because they had to tack on that LSU game so on that December twelfth. You know, Florida beat beats Georgia if they got to the SEC championship game they still got to play LSU the week before the SEC championship game and I know it's not the LSU of last year but it's still a game you got to play yeah meanwhile I can see them just sending sending the scout team to Atlanta I mean to uh, to that game where is that game is supposed to be in Gainesville because in Gainesville. meanwhile Bama Bama's last game is against Arkansas I get it Arkansas is yeah. better than they were, but still, it's Bama against Arkansas, and then they're off. So, because they because the Auburn game is actually their next to last game, so you know, Bama would on have like two weeks off, and Florida closes with Tennessee and LSU. Then, and then we'd actually be all right because we play Vandy that last game, and then have that week off. So, yeah. if uh, if we can win on Saturday, I think there's a lot of pressure on Florida just because of that. 
because they do come into that feeling i know georgia's i guess a three and a half point favorite but it's hard to, to look at all the injuries and look at georgia's offensive woes and not think that florida's got a good crack at uh at this on saturday but i do think it also puts a lot of a pressure on the gators which isn't always a bad spot if you're the team that can be a little bit looser in it because it is i that's I, that's how I, I mean i would look at that game on saturday i don't know if florida can't beat us on saturday then i don't know like when they will so do you look at it as all right georgia's the favorite by a field goal or do you look at it as when this line opened georgia has lost a field goal as far as the numbers go so is georgia the favorite or is the, are the dogs the underdog well there were definitely some people that liked the gators when yeah. that thing opened on yeah. sunday night or whenever it was that did seem odd yeah to see minus six or six and a half or whatever it was but you know the uh the wise guys sometimes know things that uh, the rest of us don't and sometimes they don't i mean it just it's what they put out there but with all these injuries i mean that's the that's the thing that florida is you know they're thin in the defensive backfield too but they can move the ball and if they can move the ball on georgia saturday i mean that's the big thing and then it comes down to third and grantham yeah they the dogs make plays on third down and the gators have a weapon on offense and pits that is outside of Devonte smith and jalen waddle that's the best player georgia will see this season and our defense couldn't stop either one of those guys yeah so i just you know i feel like some it's like that classic you can't stop them you can only hope to contain them yeah. like that's how I, I think like georgia that guy's gonna get catches on saturday it's just can you keep him out of the end zone somehow can you keep it from being maybe uh hey it's third and 12 and they he's able to convert a first down but by the end of the night i mean he might end up having like six seven catches or something but it's just uh is there any way that you can probably you know lock down on him and and keep him from having the really the backbreaker so there's no one in the west that can get bama right they're they're good yeah i don't i mean what What do they have left bama yeah they're at lsu yeah. after this they're after, off saturday yeah, yeah. then they're at lsu lsu has given up over 40 in yeah. every one of its losses <laughs> i mean bama's gonna slaughter them yeah it's i mean like now you think about it too like you know they did hire bo pelini to be their defensive coordinator yeah um then they host kentucky okay and they got auburn yeah. you know and by then we i mean auburn opened it up on lsu we'll we'll see maybe it's that classic auburn gets late in the season and they just start rolling rolling and rolling but and then they're at arkansas so i I look at that and i mean auburn is the only team i could even buy has a shot at beating them it's just weird to say because like at lsu is like they're 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 not losing to lsu this year i mean honestly they could play that game in you know what in south america right it probably doesn't matter this year um and auburn i don't know if that said more about auburn or if it said more about lsu the game this past weekend yeah it's i i don't that's it this is that year where just from one week to the next it's really hard to make sense of any of these uh any of these teams and in fact auburn would be included in that one of our morning show listeners tony i had thrown out there monday morning i go what's the largest margin of defeat for a defending national champion and he said, uh, and we one, Tony emailed in later. I guess he had looked it up. It was Penn State. The year, let's see, that would have been '83. Opened up the next season with a 44 to six loss to somebody. That was a 38 point loss. So this uh, is 48 11, right? And this was 37 point yeah. loss. But I mean, you don't see the defending champions lose 
No. Even though they lost a ton, I get it, but still. Turns out that was a big two-point conversion they converted. That then. was. Otherwise, yes. they would have been. It would have been on the 39 yeah. side. Yeah. Maybe someone knew that. Maybe they got word to the sideline and went, listen, if you score, it's got it's going to be meaningless, I know. Go for two. Go for two here because you might be a footnote in history. So, yeah. And I wish I could remember who it was that Penn State lost to to that open sounds like the 83 season. Would that have been – that would, it sounds would have like been Miami. That might have been something Miami could have done to them. Yeah. So it would have yeah. been the 83 or the 84 season. Oh, uh, let's see. It would have been the 83 season. I believe so. It was Penn State falling to somebody forty-four to six? So it would have they been, went eight four and one that year? Oh, it was Nebraska. It, was that right? So yeah. Nebraska beat them forty-four to six. Number one Nebraska. Yeah, who yeah. ended up losing to Miami that year? I for was going to say that was a fairly memorable championship game. Yeah. yeah. They also then they fought. They lost to home at Cincinnati after the week after that. Wow. Because that Nebraska game was in uh, uh, New Jersey. So Joe Pa probably wouldn't have had like a hangover like LSU. I'm I'm just chalking this season up for LSU. Well, obviously, you know, they lost a ton and everything came together for them, but it might be a little bit of a hangover as a season as well. And they, you know, they're their quarterback. They went from the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that busted all these records to nothing against Miles Brennan, but they Miles Brennan now he's hurt and they got a freshman and freshmen are up and down and you just don't know. Yeah. Well, he you lost essentially both coordinators. I know yeah, yeah. Steve Ensminger is still there, but, but Joe Brady yep. left, and then Dave Miranda at Baylor. Yeah, and then look who they replaced him with, Bo Pelini. Yeah, at least Joe Pa he he returned his defensive coordinator in 1983. <laughs> oh, yeesh. yeesh, yeah, ouch. His offensive coordinator was Dick Anderson. Is that the guy that used to play for the Dolphins? It might have been. Is that the same guy? Yeah, it is. Yeah, how about I that? didn't know that. Was he on the no-name defense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Interesting. Oh wait, you know what? It's not. Oh, it's it not actually says it not to be confused oh, okay, with that. Okay, okay. good. All, all right. right, clear that up then. All right. All right. <laughs> At least we got all okay, that figured good. out. It says all right. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Penn State history. <laughs> not to be confused with the American <laughs> football player for the Miami Dolphins, yeah. Dick Anderson. Well. I just finished reading a great book about the USFL and um you know this was right when all that stuff was was going on or I guess the USFL was starting up right at yeah. about that same time yeah since Herschel left to go play for the Generals yeah that was not a Donald Trump production right but when he got he took over the next year he it was a different owner though it was a different owner but when Donald Trump got in there and took over that was pretty much the beginning of the end for uh, the USFL. Yeah. Well, they had a good thing going in the spring, and he basically then wanted he to wanted just try to... and go head-to-head with the NFL. Yes. He yeah. wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. With the thought, the thought more possibly being that he he wanted to say to he merge. wanted to go, but he knew there were a couple of teams that could, could become NFL teams, and he thought his team could be one of them. Yeah. Yeah, fold in there. Yeah, because I don't think anyone thought that they had a chance of trying to play football in the fall against the NFL. Who knows with him, though? Yeah, maybe. but you know, maybe maybe so. I don't know. But that was uh, interesting and uh, and weird uh, all at once, for um, sure. All right, so we got Georgia-Florida this weekend. Uh, Notre Dame-Clemson, the big one in the ACC, which is primetime. And then there's a good Friday night game, BYU and Boise State. Now, is BYU good? Or are they? Yes, they're good, but are they good – because of their schedule 
I I mean I I think their margin of victory is means that they're legitimate, but yeah. also I mean their schedule it's certainly easier week to week to to be up and play and where you're not just you know like an SEC any of these other conference teams are just playing one conference game after another but the fact that BYU keeps beating everyone by you know like four or five touchdowns I think is does mean that they're they're not a fluke or anything they kicked a nice field goal at the end of that game last week too did they yes they did (laughs) to win whatever it was yeah to cover the 29 well there's a lot of Mormons in Vegas so isn't that weird yeah Yeah, that is I don't know if that well maybe they say they don't gamble but who knows I I don't know (laughs) either yeah that's a interesting thing but they gotta go play on the Smurf turf tomorrow night yeah i'm looking forward to that game yeah absolutely well 9 45 kickoff yeah we got 9 a.m pac 12 football yeah it'll be noon here but 9 a.m 9 a.m there there. usc what at home against who are they playing herm edwards arizona state how bizarre is that yeah like when is that pregame meal 5 a.m yeah so they're loading up with like what four hours before kickoff yeah getting up at five and like having spaghetti yeah. and stuff or whatever I mean, they eat that's you know loading up on the carbs i guess if they have a pregame show like georgia has the tailgate show starts at 5 a.m also yeah i don't know that anyone has a football broadcast quite as long as georgia's <laughs> it, it, it might be the longest in the history of man it yeah. is a long one and then just when you think it's over here comes lauren smith with like a five minute monologue yeah <laughs> it is it is quite the uh it, it is, is quite the post game it is lengthy Yes, and our man JD is a big part of it. Hey, so I want to. We're about to wrap this up. I I want to mention too that because um, I don't want this to, you know, not be said. And I hope I don't get you know like emotional or anything. <laughs> but uh, this is our uh, last crossover together. Yes. And um, now we haven't done the crossover as long together. I mean, what episode is this? This is I. I'll have to. We might have at this point done it as long as I guess Sam and I were doing it. So it would, you know, what episode is this? This is. I uh, think one, we're at one sixty. Yeah. One. And you've done every single one of them. I get well. Yeah. Give or except take. Except when yeah. you were on vacation or something, but you've been here since the beginning. And uh, this is uh, this is our last podcast together, and tomorrow. Or Friday will be your uh, last day on the air as you are pursuing other opportunities. Yes. And I just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed, um, you know, working with you over the years. You and I have gone back. uh, We go all the way back to when this radio station was on Millage Avenue. Yep. You started working for, at the time, I guess it would have been like Athena Broadcasting. Is that what it was called? Or Athen or Clark whatever. Clark? It, it was Hugh I, Christian yeah. owned it. Yeah. And what yeah. What year would that have been? It was the summer of 1996. Because I, I always remember that just because it was basically, hey, we yeah. need someone to help cover the Olympics. And then what happened is the guy who hired me, because I was still in college, I can't remember his name. Then he like, he like just suddenly quit. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I was just like a college student supposed to be cover, like helping out covering the Olympics. And like yeah. I ended up like I, all of a sudden I was running the news department. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, what's <laughs> yeah. going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and you uh, ended up going to Charlotte, I guess that spring for a basketball game. Yeah. Um, in the uh, Yeah. When Georgia got smoked by uh, Chattanooga. Yep. Not remember, smoked, but they ended up losing by three, but it was like 20 to nothing or something. 
I remember you and I driving to Clemson for what turned out to be Ron Jersa's last basketball game in the NIT. Yeah. Um, we've been to Jacksonville many times on station trips. A couple of bowl games. A couple of bowl games over the years. And uh, you've been manning the home team and, and uh, the afternoon show for so long that it's, uh, you know, you're – you're a legend here in this town. You're a you're an icon, and uh, I know a lot of people are going to miss you, and and I am too. And I know Jeff is going to miss you, and uh, you know I just wanted to say, you know, it's just been, you know, it's been a long crazy ride and a long fun ride, and uh, you know I just I wish you nothing but the best. Well, I appreciate that, and same to you, and hope the you know the ref will uh, cr- keep cruising right along because it's been I, I unfortunately it's sad you it's easy to remember when the ref launched. Because it was in August of 2001, we I think the ref was on the air for like two weeks or something, and then 9/11 happened. So, you know, it goes all the way. Yeah, the, that's yeah. Right. I mean, the ref wow. has been a a powerhouse now for almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you and me and Jeff sitting in here in the afternoons, and I even remember the that day or maybe it was the day after talk you know we may not have you know what i think that day didn't we go to new all news in fact we ended up where the because that was the thing the station like launched because that for you know the 01 football season and then i i want to say we ended up going all news for about two weeks yeah that's right and then it was at some point it was like time to come back but then we came back and of course just kept talking about yeah it was still talking yeah it was hard to just get right back into like yeah hey everyone well how weird is that 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 the ref launched even though we were already working for wrfc the ref launched and that kind of thing and here we are kind of wrapping up a long workshop here together during this crazy year that 2020 is because even remember when it was still just the the i guess it was news was it news radio 960 like yeah we did a sports show from five to six in the yep. afternoon yep I, I was up front and i would be up front answering phones yep that's right <laughs> for the day and then that's at right. five i would check out and come back here for an hour yep. yeah yeah that's right that yeah. was uh wow now that you bring all that up i remember that too so we have evolved into to what we've been and you've been a uh, a huge huge part of that and like i said i uh i just uh, wish you nothing nothing but the best and, and hope to to see you around and i know you and jeff will have a lot to talk about but uh i know he he is you know feeling the exact same way yeah well i appreciate that and it's um yeah it's gonna be weird because it's all i've ever done but um you know 2020 has been a weird year so i'm just yeah. uh figure maybe now's the time to to try and do something else yeah no things yeah exactly i've already signed up for a uh for an indoor soccer league <laughs> oh have you yeah i, I seriously oh, oh, have oh, oh. yeah no i'm like to play soccer yeah oh I like i haven't played to, oh okay i, I haven't played soccer since i was seven years old but this uh, guy i know texted me and went hey would you have any interest in uh you know in in an in, in joining an indoor soccer team i went Yes, yeah, I would. Sure, I would. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll go. We'll so have something to do some some weeknights anyway. Will it be like UGA uh, intramurals where it played off the wall yeah. and all that apparently, crazy Yes, stuff. apparently okay. you can because it's the indoor rules or you can, yeah, you can kick it off the wall and stuff. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. So, be a um, lot of fun. there's a guy on there that's, I was hoping like I could just be the goalkeeper because yeah. I'm tall and I'm yeah. lengthy, but there's apparently there's a guy who's, he's got a bigger wingspan than me. So I'm actually going to have to like, run around and do something you I can guess. run around but you can also be backup goalkeeper if they need you. if necessary yeah. yeah potentially that would be the thing yeah 
All right. Well, we are wrapping it up, Brain. Uh, again, you know, best of luck to you, and uh, no, we'll see you around. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun ride. Yeah. Well, thank you, and I'll I'll miss you and miss Jeff for sure. And yeah, I will miss doing this and being here and talking sports every day yeah. for sure. It'll yeah. be weird not to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely see each other around all right the crossover podcast uh, we appreciate you checking us out as uh always for dave i'm chris and uh download the 960 the ref app if you don't have it already get it in the app store on the iphone google play for the android this is uh the crossover podcast here on 960theref.com and the 960 the ref app you've been listening to the crossover presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen on 960theref.com Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.